It's an innate instinct. It is literally just a vis- visceral connection for me. I, um, yeah, I'm just part of this universe and the land, uh, and I have a job and a place in this world to look after animals and then subsequently feed people. This is The Producers. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Looking to find a better way to do things, Tim Eyes and his wife Hannah started to look at the world of farming differently. They devised a plan to lease a series of properties to move cattle and chickens around constantly to ensure a regenerative farming method and a real connection with the community in the region too. So the food farm is between Sydney and Newcastle. Uh, It's incredibly urban now. Uh, It started out as citrus and dairy farm, so it's a a lovely tight valley um, nestled yeah, below the Great Dividing Range, but on the eastern side. So we're 30 minutes from the beach and, uh, yeah, just surrounded by some pretty incredible and truly untouched country, you know, considering how many people are around it. So it's amazing. 1.2 metres of rain in a normal year. And uh, we've already had that in the last uh in the last six months. There's six million people for within an hour's drive of us. So if we go um, south or north, we've got Sydney and Newcastle and there are millions of people to feed and there's millions of people who are becoming more and more disconnected to where their food comes from and then, you know, at the other end of that, there's more and more people wanting to become connected to where their food comes from and actually uh, start voting of with how food is produced with their dollar. Food wasn't always at the centre of Tim's world, especially while he was growing up. I'd just say food as growing up was uninspiring and not really a part of my life. I went to boarding school as well and and then I went to ag college. So I was away from home for like a lot of, yeah, sort of from 14. And um, boarding school food was very regimented and you know the same stuff every week pies i can't eat pies still uh pies were friday and i just i can't do pies (laughs) (laughs) oh soup (laughs) before the food farm i i was um i was a farm consultant and farm manager uh I, I studied a very conventional sort of pathway into agriculture and um, that was, yeah, that was really good for me to understand how things are. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, if it wasn't for my partner, Hannah, I, I'd say I'd still be there and I, I wouldn't have necessarily had my eyes open to, um, to farming being any different to how we're told it should be. So, yeah, Hannah's... Uh, not from a farming background and is an opera singer and, you know, uh, is just a generally remarkable human being. And so we, um, her influence of just being able to see things differently and say, oh, that doesn't feel right, that maybe we could do this or, yeah, maybe we could go and um, pick up a chicken caravan from Maruya and tow it home illegally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the sort of things that 
yeah, I, I just wouldn't have had the capacity to see outside my paradigms and my box that I was taught to be in. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it just comes down from not having the blinkers on. Although Tim's background is agriculture, it was his wife, Hannah, who pushed for a new way of thinking about using the land. Yeah, so the food farm began with a um, dig-your-own-potato day. Uh, we had 4,000 people turn up <laughs> to a farm. Uh, we had about a quarter of an acre of potatoes in. Uh, this is not good potato country, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so the night before, we, we'd planted them and grown them for six or seven months. I'd rung every agronomist uh, who I'd you know, met along the way to try and work out how to grow spuds and know what's right. And, yeah, we managed to get it because it was a deadline. It was part of a... Uh, harvest festival but we actually got it got cancelled because of floods <laughs> and then anyway this was many years ago and um all these people turned up and it was, was kind of like the that birthday movement where you where you wonder if anyone's going to come and then all of a sudden you're absolutely inundated um, but so the night before we could sort of see how many people were interested and saying they were wanting to be there and you start going, okay, well, that's not going to be enough potatoes. So we scrambled and went to the local wholesaler and bought a bin of potatoes. Um, <laughs> we ploughed up a new furrow and, um, <laughs> and we buried a bin of potatoes for people to dig up as well as the beautiful potatoes that we'd grown. <laughs> so the profits of that, very minimal profits of that, went to buying our first chicken car- like caravan for trucks. Uh, which held 150 birds. As a first-generation farmer, Tim is doing things a little differently. Yeah, so I guess the biggest thing for us is we don't own a farm. Um, And so we are just eternally jumping from new properties. Last week, unfortunately, we got notice that we have to move off a farm because it's been sold. And that's just been a part of our existence. Um... And so that, that's the biggest challenge, but also the greatest opportunity because we, are, um, we have infinite land um, ahead of us, which is pretty exciting. So all the, where we are, people aren't here to farm. Farming money's really not enough and <laughs> not worth the effort or time. And so, yeah, there's an amazing amount of land that's – sort of underutilized I would say um, and and we have the opportunity to farm it and, and bring this back to a food producing area it, it's all about people at the end of the day so we lease seven farms so we have seven stakeholders as a minimum to deal with um, most of those people have a partner so you've got 14 people to deal with and most of them have kids so you know we're probably dealing with 45 people and their expectations, their understanding uh, to, to truly do what we're doing. Um, and, and that, yeah, that just comes with people challenges. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a huge part of it. And then I, I guess that the biggest thing is the uncertainty, is, as beautiful as it is to say that it is infinite for us to find land. It's also... You know, probably the thing that will keep you up at night is whether or not you're going to lose a farm because most of them are handshake agreements. They're not, um, 
you know, they're not five-year leases or anything like that. Tim is growing cattle and egg-laying chickens, and it's an ongoing evolution to understand the land and the animals too. Yeah, so we've got um, pasture-raised meat chickens, and they're um, put out to pasture at three weeks old. They're fed a certified organic feed, um, and and that's really important to us. I think uh, food fraud's a huge thing at the moment, and we see it all the time. Uh, and and if we you know want to use the terminology of organic or better than organic, which regenerative agriculture often does, you know we need to step up to the plate. And we need to be farming organically first. So that's really important for us, <laughs> and then. We have a thousand egg-laying chickens, which are in two caravans. Uh, they're moved once a week, the caravans, but they're never locked in. So they've got maramas that guard them and look after them, and then uh, and then we've got our beef cattle as well. So all the cattle we process are from the central coast. Um, they're farmed by us. So I also manage two farms, and essentially they're managed under our guidance and practices and we're able to buy their calves off them but we also run 80 head of cows ourselves so we breed 80 calves a year uh, and process those yeah and, and that's something we're really open about is we're not doing this um perfectly yet and and i don't know if we ever will there's no there's plenty of books out there about it but we just don't have the time to read them <laughs> and, and do, do it all. But, uh, yeah, pretty well animals are number one priority, um, especially our baby chicks, so making sure they're all good to go. Every day is slightly different. So Mondays are the days, you know, they're the worst day of the week, to be honest with you. That's when we have to take a steer to the abattoir and we also have to take our chickens to the abattoir and that's not something we take lightly at all. So they they are yeah uh, absolutely <laughs> absolutely our, the worst day of our week, but also one that we every week we get to check in is this what we want to continue doing? Do we want to take lives to continue life? Like many farmers, Tim received support from friends and family, but soon enough connected to the greater community. Uh, probably friends and family. Um, to be honest with you, I don't sell to many friends and family. Um, at the moment, like, and that's, yeah, and probably comes down to price point and just not an understanding of why we do what we do and, and the benefits of it. So, but definitely, yeah, back in the day, it was sort of processing a few steers here and there. Uh, and then, it, yeah, the eggs were probably the next big step into some cafes, which gave us some really good momentum. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, we've just had some remarkable people. The first big caravans we bought, uh, yes, that held sort of four hundred and fifty hens. Uh, we drove past a farm that had one on there, and I looked at it and went, "That's not being used. We should go and talk to them." So we didn't know before <laughs> that we were able to pay for one of them, take both of them, and they gave us vendor finance essentially for the other one and we'd never met them before. So we do come across the most extraordinary opportunities. Um, yeah. And, and that's, so that's where the eggs expanded from and continue to grow. We'll probably go to another caravan this year. Um, 
Yeah, because the three flocks is more beneficial in terms of the turnover of the animals and taking that fluctuation out. Keen to feed the millions within their food bowl, Tim believes the interactions of farmers' markets are invaluable. Yeah, so weekly market in Everly, Carriage Works, which is probably Sydney's, I don't know, most um, glittery <laughs> um, uh, farmer's market and it's a beautiful just a beautiful place to have a farmer's market and just wonderful farmers who've been there a very very long time so we do Everly then we do Gosford market uh, on a Sunday but then Wednesdays are online orders uh, being sent out and we're pretty well delivering eggs to cafes and restaurants or you know most days of the week um, our eggs are incredibly fresh they don't even really have time to get into the cool room they virtually collected and sent out that day you know people bought us presents at christmas time at the markets with thank you letters and yeah we just never experienced anything like that before um just yeah you just meet remarkable buoyant excited happy people and um yeah, who truly believe in, in what you're doing, which is just super exciting. You're just some great humans, but also some really genuine humans that will tell you that they're having a really shit day. <laughs> and that comes from our authenticity as well, I think. You know, I wouldn't tell someone at Coles or Woolworths that I'm having a rubbish day, but they feel safe with us and that we get it. Um, so yeah, we just, uh, it is literally, there are just so many, I can't really pull one out, but may, maybe, you know, um, when people bring us food back that they've cooked and they've, they, their leftovers or, or the, the portion that they put aside for us, that is truly remarkable when, you know, people think of us when they're cooking a meal and they think we're worth putting that meal aside for, that's really special. Although the food farm is about the best quality life possible for the animals, it is the people and connections being created that inspires Tim. Uh, I, I, lo I love the opportunity of it. Um, yeah, I, I love I love the connections. It's definitely the human connection that we get as farmers and the, the connection to the lives that we bring and take um yeah that is that's that's what i absolutely love and i love doing it with hannah as well yeah a big hairy audacious goal is essentially um, an open farm with a restaurant or cafe uh the butchery smokehouse hopefully you know someone brewing beer or doing some sort of beverage maybe even a kombucha kombucha brewery <laughs> um and just truly telling the story to the six million people around us in a very open transparent fashion um yeah and and just leaving people with the wow factor of this is this is how food can be grown and uh and this is how we can nourish ourselves like i am so proud to say i never want to stop changing the Tim Bay interview in three years will be completely different. And I, I think that's maybe something I've learnt from the landscape. Um, it, when we let it do its thing, it, it is constantly adapting. And even when we're throttling it, or when 
you know, types of agriculture are thriving land, it is doing its absolute best to keep up and, and grow and can be better. So we can learn a lot from that. The food farm is not just finding new ways to work the land and care for animals. It's also forging a greater connection to the people of their region too. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of producers, farmers, makers and growers, the true lifeblood of the food industry. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or email us at producerspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au.